friends at Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel Jay. Hello, Unfiltered listeners. I wanted to introduce this show because it is a special one. I headed down to Denver Beer Co. yesterday and met up with Charlie Berger. Charlie's been on the show before. He's one of the co-founders and co-owners of Denver Beer Co., which is really one of the more successful craft breweries in Denver, but also Colorado and kind of beyond uh, here in the Mountain West. Uh, We talked a lot about COVID, obviously. That is the topic du jour and has been for several weeks. But we also got into the protests that are going on. We talked a lot about Black Lives Matter and and the brewing scene and what craft beer has meant or has not meant, per se, uh, for for the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe where it's fallen short a little bit and what more could be done. Uh, Charlie's a really smart, smart dude. And if you've listened to him on the show before, you know that. We had a lot of fun. We covered a lot of ground. And I really, really enjoyed this conversation, which is the case when whenever we talk to Charlie. He's become a, a great friend of ours and a great friend of the show. And we were really honored to do our first on location after uh, things begin to open back up with Charlie. So I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do enjoy it, if you could leave us a rating you know, wherever you get your podcasts, that would be fantastic. It helps people listen. It helps people. It helps us get noticed. Helps more people learn about the show, and it really means a lot. Just a little warning before we jump in: we were in a very loud bar. Uh, there weren't a lot of people there because, of course, social distancing rules. But the music was on. Charlie and I were were halfway inside, halfway outside in order to, to keep the air moving. So so the sound isn't fantastic, and I apologize for that. I did some editing. I did some some producing, uh, some adjusting to try to get the the sound cleaned up a little bit. Um, it should be fine on your on your headphones for your for your phone. Uh, but I'm just warning you. Uh, yes, the sound is not the quality isn't what isn't what we're used to on the show, but the content is is as good, if not better, than what you're used to. And I think that has a lot to do with Charlie talking and not me. So, without further ado, here is Charlie Berger, co-founder, co-owner of Denver's Denver Beer Co. Our first on-location interview in the last t- in in ten weeks. Charlie Berger, cheers, buddy. Hi. We are out of the house. Oh, Holy shit. Here we go. I'll, uh, here, see, honey, I'm using. I'm wearing my mask. We're social distance. Exactly. What am I drinking here, buddy? No, no, we're good. We're gonna jump. No, this is this is perfect. No, you're fine. You're fine. Seriously. Okay, so wait. That brings me to a good question. Okay, when did you open up? We're down here at Never Beer Co. Totally. You've been open up for how many days? We have six days. Uh, this is day seven. Okay. Um, we got open pretty early because we were, you know, thinking about it, preparing about it all the whole time. Really wanted to come down and see you first. I'm going to be totally frank. We had such a good interview, and Jay and I were here, so I knew that you guys were kind of on the forefront of opening up. How are you handling things, Charlie Berger? How are you handling things? What's going on with like seating? Just introduce us to. Aria, our service here at Colorado GM. Okay. It's going okay. Could be better. How are you? How are you deciding? Like, okay, yeah, just just tell. So here are the new things. Let's hear it. We know people that are coming down to have a beer should know um, things that are different, right? Including, you know, we're social distancing. So our tables are, we have a limited capacity on our tables. Max group size is eight. Uh, You can come down in a group of one, but you can't come in a group of nine. Or people would just have to seat at different tables. So we have hosts down, seating guests, kind of reading them the rules on the way in. Asking them to uh, wear a mask when they go to the bathroom. But we're just trying to play it safe. Sanitize in between guests. Um, so I think like that's a major difference. People are not used to having to wait to sit down at a table. Right. So you're not a small operation, right? You're not. I mean, Denver Beer Co. is a is a big brand in the area. When you and the, uh, the the triumphant of leadership, three of you, right? So three of you, just two of you. Well, we have a whole leadership team. Yeah. So Who is Patrick, it? You, Pat. Okay. Patrick and I are co-founders. But okay. Yeah, we have we have a great team. Full of the eight of us. Okay. Dalton, Richard, 
when did you start talking about reopening and when did you start kind of strategizing and planning about what that was going to look like? Our conversation started as soon as we closed, right? Yeah. Like, what was it going to be? Was it ever going to happen? I mean, the first month, we didn't, you know, put a lot of plans into action. What was it? Ten weeks? I think it was just about ten weeks, exactly. Weeks or less? Yeah. 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 Right after St. Patrick's Day. And uh, they, we, we closed down. We were uh, at that point, terrified, but like it was the right thing. It was time to close. Everything closed on the same day, basically. And we kind of tried to get a model together that we could survive with. We're lucky we have our packaging room right now. I know there's some tap rooms out there. Where, and my heart goes out to them. Our legs got two. I said, keep saying it like this. Two of our four legs got shoved out from underneath us. Keg beer sells to bars and restaurants within our tap rooms. But the other two legs, one of them wasn't a very big leg, it was the to-go beer. Right? We didn't we sold some crowlers and stuff, but we're not a Wellworks where we sell a ton of to-go beer. Let's let's start with okay, what was what were you middle of February, what was your to-go beer percentage? Um, yeah, maybe three percent, maybe five, I don't know, somewhere there. Alright. And then it turned into 100%. But the absolute number is what they have, right? Because people show up. Because our wine crawlers and crawlers to go, which they were doing support local, right? We created a community around us. We felt the love from our community. And shout out goes to our brewers and our marketing team who put out some camps. You guys were awesome. We had some fun stuff. And we made it fun. It was, it was difficult from an emotional perspective. To like have meetings about talking about like beer in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Lots of really cool things coming out of it. Well, you saw a lot of people take their foot off the gas at that time. You know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how much Alex should be out there with social media and with print ads and all of this. But you, as a team, I mean, you knew your audience so well, and I think I don't know if it's just it's just it's just li your listeners. You listen to your beer drinkers, and you know what to say and how to say it. And it was impressive. Well, that's especially relevant right now. This so we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure. For sure, for sure. The, the fourth leg, I'll just say, was uh, the canned beer, right? Six packs and twelve packs and six packs, and so the, uh, that didn't really slow down. Matter of fact, that picked up during the whole shutdown. And, uh, that's again. We sold a lot of beer in six packs. Mostly, I think, through the grocery channel, yeah. but a lot through those independent liquor stores who, you know, they had to shut down for what, one or two hours? Yeah. What'd you learn? I was listening to uh, the, did you listen to the Brewbound uh, live stream today? I did. Bars? Okay. Well, they were talking about uh, uh, domestic sales versus, uh, you know, a lot of Mexican loggers and stuff like that. Obviously, they're running through the same companies to distribute and everything and bring them in. But it seems to be a lot of liquor stores have, have really not stopped, but they're lessening their kind of shelving of your Coronas and your Modellos and all of that. Have you seen that, I guess, from the business side? Have you seen that from the number side that, you know, you get liquor stores who may just want, usually want a certain amount of PVC now they're wanting more? Well, I don't know. I mean, part of those they decided beer wasn't, yeah, and they decided beer was not an essential part of that service. So they, I don't think they had to shut down Constellation breweries, but they sure slowed it down. Okay, okay. Uh, that might be one small piece of that, but on the flip side, you know, the Colorado independent retailers, they know we're independent small breweries, so I, I think you know, they push and feature in, you know, brands like ours and Lops Ups and, uh, I went, there's a liquor store by my house, and I go and I re-up, you know, more than I should. I think we're all drinking more than we should. But apparently the, the Upslope IPA 12-pack, and then you're, you're, uh, you've got a 12-pack of something. I, I can't, it's, it's the mixed bag, but it's all IPA, so I like pale ales. It was IPA-heavy Apparently people are just going by one of each of those, and they, that the dudes. Um, well, there's actually, there's three or four of them that people have been told me the same thing. So, Heritage, yeah. um, and then there's a smaller one on Arapahoe and Peoria, you know what I'm talking about? It used to be by that uh, that Irish pub there. That, that apparently, they can't sell oh, enough of those 12-pack. 12, 12 12-pack. 12 um, 
well, I did art once and talked about that on the yeah. big thing because the 12 pack was the bigger pack sizes. So much so that we had, you know, our sales guys, they weren't out and we didn't send them into the market as much, right? Okay. You know, minimize their risk, minimize their risk from the retailer perspective. Right. So we had a lot of our uh, sales guys yeah, spent a lot of hours on the, on the can line mixing up 12 packs. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, we didn't we love those guys, whatever. We're alone. Like, we love them. It's not to do. Mix packs were so Okay, so tell tell us more stories. You, I don't even ask, need to ask you questions. I learned it the first time. You can just talk. So where do you want to go with this? We can go wherever because we want to hear. There's nobody better in this town. I want to hear from right now at this moment. So I would say that you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. The coronavirus and the COVID shut down incredibly pushing the culture. But then what I'm saying, it lasted long enough for us to get used to it. Right? We got kind of our staff here was filling growlers. I think we tripled the number of growlers that we filled in all of 2019 in the months of April and May. Tripled. We had growler shortages. Did you run out of growlers? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were begging some growlers. At the beginning, we were begging some growlers from some of the other local breweries. And finally, we got lucky. We had a big, we, we bought a whole truckload. And so we've been, we've been in, you know, growler inventory for the last six or eight weeks. But at the beginning, it was tough because we were like gripping. And so our bartenders then had to shift over from being, well, front of house bartenders, like beer tenders, loving, talking about beer, stop selling beer, so standing in here, kind of alone, filling crowders, and we filled so many crowders, and it was a hats off to those guys, because, you know, that's not the job they signed up for, but it was a job. It was a job. It was a job. It was a job. We had hours for everyone that wanted it, granted there was a folks that, Gets cutting it, you have to furlough anybody? Um, at the very beginning, yeah. we did not have hours. And then as our crowlers stuff, it took a couple weeks, maybe two weeks or so. But after that two weeks, we were, it was that non exotic beer. Did you say, here it is, before it, that's what I have? That's what I have? Mango, uh, mango, exotic. So what that beer was is, uh, you know, beautiful beer we had brewed. But then the Netflix, Tiger King, came yeah. Out. So we, we did a mashup though to, to exotic on the label of that. And it was great. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. It's a fantastic illustration. It's, look at this haircut. Are you please well, stop? I was gonna say you have not paid for that haircut. <laughs> so I'm keeping my hat on. My wife's um listen. Well, I mean, that's mine is too. I told her I would shave this mustache after uh, today's interview. I said, it's, you know, people need to see this. Well, thank you, Charlie. See, honey, that's why we hang out together, me and this guy. Okay, so. Um, um, so we turned into a crawler factory. We were ripping crawlers. Then um, the work came. Okay, we opened. Which was. Okay. Many of them we've worked with in the past, and some new ones, right? Because 
puts an end to the story of this, you know, future physicist. Very complimentary to our model. We needed this, and now we absolutely need them. I don't know if some of them didn't make it through. Yeah, I'm not sure. We haven't seen those. I haven't seen a lot of those numbers, those reports yet. But I would, I'm interested to see who makes it. Who doesn't? You've got the Steubens truck. Yeah, right. Interesting that we never really had the Steubens truck before. Are you close with the Steubens? Who's the Steubens owner? Oh, there's a couple. Okay. Is it Josh? Is there Josh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those guys in Old Town, Nevada, are you know a member of that community in there, so they're pretty close. To the so do you have a certain number that you can allow to, to be in here? Do you yeah, have a counter? Inside, our max is 50, okay. in theory. Okay. However, I don't think we have tables for 50 people inside. So we can't use the bar, you know. The tables are six feet apart, or maybe more like 30. What are you as a... Thank goodness there's an outside stuff. I mean, it is, I can't really express how beautiful it is down here. Unfortunately, Charlie's... Charlie's Rockies are not playing though, I'm sorry. It's, are you missing some baseball? Well, yes, but I'm, I'm less likely now to lose the hundred dollars I bet on them to win the World Series this year. Have you taken up your uh, your DraftKings sportsbook betting yet? No, I heard you can do that. Though. Yeah, I, I love that that rolled out in the middle of no sports, like zero sports. I've uh, been dabbling a lot in uh, Russian table tennis. I, I'm pretty sure the Russian mob has that fixed because it's impossible to bet. That's the second time I've heard that today. That's a thing. <laughs> that it's fixed? Really or that's can, a, no, yeah. you can really bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you have no idea how much German soccer I've been watching. Yeah, the Bundesliga is back on. It's a, it's a legit league. So, yeah, you got to watch it. Okay, so you're opening back up. Things are going well. Who's here kind of making sure everybody minds their P's and Q's? Did you have to train the staff? What'd you have oh, to yeah, do? totally retrain. Right. I'll be honest. Uh, our staff was a little, you know, trepidatious, right? They were going from something they knew, which was filling crowds, to go here, to something that we didn't know, so it was terrifying again. That transition took a lot of, uh, a lot of conversations with our team about how are they going to be safe? How is this? Dogs are no dogs. The customer who has coronavirus is petting their dog. And then another customer walks up and pets that dog. Like, is it our job to pet these now? What's so the we answer? started out with no dogs. Okay. However, we get a whole lot of pushback on that. Okay. We'll talk bigger things here in a moment, but are you worried about people having a couple of beers and not minding those P's and Q's? Is that something that you as a business owner so, consider? Interestingly, I am not as worried as I was about last week that people that show up are, you know, they know the risks. If they're high risk, they're not coming. So I think we have the risk tolerance people here showing up. So there's a shout out to the people who are coming in out of the They kind of get it. Not a lot of pushback with our staff. Uh, you know, in Old Town, Arvada, we get a few more kids than we do on Flat Street. Yeah. Um, we had to rein in the kids a little bit because kids can't be running around. It's not our fault. So you want to bring your kid, that's fine. Uh, they kind of got to sit in there and stay seated. It's tough, right? Yeah. Some tough decisions in our customers are now in control of their own tabs on the, uh, on the app. We ask them to download. It's good. I like that. Yeah, so often I think that makes it easier for people to order beer, so rock and roll. So we're talking about a lot of things at kind of this friendly, you know, two pals having beers outside level. But let me ask you, what are you thinking right now? What do you think of this? Uh, I mean, this is not, this is not a lifestyle business for you. This is not, I used to be a firefighter and I wanted to quit and do this. This is your fucking life. Yeah, and it is. How, how much sleep have you lost? Well, okay, 
Okay, so it's come in those two periods. No, it's really those three periods. Shut down. Lost the ball. All my sleep. Yeah. And then in the transition to reopening, all my sleep again. When I say three periods, we got open for what? Three, four or five days? And then we are now, I think, a whole another period of social, you know, consciousness. Black Lives Matter and all those other enormously important things that we, as a small brewing community, it is down here now. And as a person, I have to really come to grips with that stuff's going to change again. And it's okay, it's okay, and it should. So are you, okay, tell me, explain your mindset and going into all these changes. Because you're always so chill, but is it, is it, well, is it what you just have to roll with? I don't have an answer. Okay. I don't know what's Are you worried? No, I'm excited in a way. Okay. Yeah. Why are you excited? Well, I think there is room when. So I mean, this is so macro, right? But the inequality in our country is it's, it's, it's too much. It's so much that I think you have the haves, the have-nots. If you, I think, blur those lines a little bit more and give everybody a chance, then I think there's more fear to to buy the expensive pint. I mean, let's be honest, these pints are expensive in comparison to, you know, cheap macro stuff. That, so I want to introduce everyone to craft beer. We started Cerveceria Colorado next door right here because we believe that beer is an inclusive thing. That, you know, we can invite every demographic to come have beer. And so, you know, a few years ago, we really relatively focused on the Hispanic demographic and on the friends of ours that we had in Mexico and small groups and the culture that they were bringing to the craft brewing scene. We're so excited by that that, like, you know, we kind of wanted to bring that to Denver. Um, and so, at this point, no, it sounds like you're. I mean, that has benefited your business so much more so than maybe other businesses because, again, you listen. And I think just sitting back in this moment and watching, right, and just consuming and not trying to, like, I think that you pointed out, this is going to be a moment in which, yeah, it sucks right now, but I think if you see that the bodies that are out there that are protesting, the people like you and I out there that care, that give a shit about this stuff, that are telling our kids about it. There's going to be a better end. I think when we come out of this, I yeah. do think it's going to be better. I don't know if that's a one-year end, yeah. ten-year end. It's not a one-day end. No. But, I don't know. But, I mean, I like how you're saying, like, beer should not be... Beer, beer should support them. Beer should be there. Beer should be the... Uh, should be handing a beer, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. craft beer. Let's be honest, a craft beer is what we want is everybody to have the access to come and buy, you know, six dollar pound of beer. And right now, let's be honest, that is a it's a smaller percentage of the Denver population than I think it should be. So we'll get there. I hope we'll get there. I don't have faith that we will. We haven't in the last sixty years, that's nineteen sixty-eight below that. Are you talking about this with your wife? Absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah. we, we sit at our, we put our kids in bed. We sit, at, we sit there and we look at our cell phones and read through headlines. It's tough right now, you know? I don't want the only thing that I can do. I don't want the only thing that right now that I can do to be teach my kids to be good people. That's not enough. That's a generational change. You have to do it more sooner. Who are you listening to? Who are you watching? Who are you? Well, we're going to start. We've already started. Okay. We're starting with, you know, we have some black members of our team. Okay. And if we if they have ever had, you know, never felt comfortable at work, out of work, uh, just listening. We're starting, we're starting there. We have that listening session in place. The rest of our team, because I don't know who else identifies as what. 
not necessarily always that thing that's in our face in the way that it is. I think, you know, you spend time in St. Louis, the wife's, St. Louis, it's there, right? It, it very much is there. It's kind of in the fabric of that city. Denver, I think, has gotten away without having to really acknowledge it. You'll have these protests and everything. But I think this is, I mean, Denver's getting new. It's getting national news for good things, by the way. Like, we're not talking looting and everything. We're talking about people, you know, standing up and, and really trying to, to give a voice to those people of color in this moment, I'm, I'm, I'm a proud to be a Denverite in this moment. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and Denver has a long way to go. Yeah. Just like that. But I agree with you. I mean, if, if we all work together and, and we just start with love in our hearts, yeah. and we'll have a beer while we're doing it, I think that's, I think that's also a big piece of this, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We need another beer. Yeah, let's get a beer. What do you want? Um, well, so you tried our gun exotic, that was a hilarious one. It went pretty well. It's getting phased out, so, you know, you may have to cry a tear over a pint or two, but, you know, I feel like that's one of those things that, it's rent sports. Time has come. But we also had, uh, we also, another big coronavirus quarantine yeah. hit for us was the uh, Zoom Casual. Okay. It's a crawler with underwear on the way back. I love it. Charlie, just whatever, whatever you're gonna have. I'm proud of our tart delight. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, put, take that off. Go get it. Okay. I might describe what's going on now because this is a beautiful thing. This is uh, I'm putting mask back on. Uh, this is awesome. Everybody is minding their their social distancing. It's pretty impressive. Uh, there is a massive row of crowlers on the bar for people who are picking up their crowlers. Food truck outside. This is just awesome. Uh, it's so nice to see people out. People out being safe. I think that that's what's key to understand here is that they're wearing masks. They are. They're social distancing. You're seeing Charlie and I here social distancing with each other, wearing you know our masks on and off and having this conversation. It's it's pretty amazing. Thank you, sir. Yes. Kind of margarita-esque. Um, we've been in my house. My wife and I've been pouring tequila in it. Okay. I dig that. Yeah. No. It makes you know, yes. Some ice. And that's uh, in the spot. So I don't know if it's my tolerance that's going up from the quarantine era or uh, or what. But you know, I gotta pour a little tequila sometimes. Before we talk back into DVC stuff, uh, uh, knowing who our listeners are, I gotta ask: How has uh, been a parent? For the last two months, what's how's it been? The last the last ten weeks, I have a challenge. I have loved and hated it. <laughs> loved and hated it. Um, I've been kind of the primary teacher for my first grader. My like next year should be in kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it was an adjustment for them figuring out how to call into their Zoom meetings, how to stay focused on you know. A, Online math game or online but um, yeah, I got sick of having a break. I was doing like I was doing like subtraction with my first grader and then answering emails about you know what, whether or not we're gonna file an insurance claim or you know PPP. Yeah. It's like simultaneous a lot of things, but that's what every good entrepreneur has that skill set, right? It's true. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a fish out of water with the teaching stuff, but like multitasking, I worked out. To all the parents out there, cheers to you, because this has been crazy. To the teachers who've pivoted. Oh, yes. Even more so than any brewer ever could, and has now got, you know, their degree in teaching on They deserve a raise. Can I pick your brain about 
uh, craft beer industry now? Are you okay with that? What did we learn from this? Let's start there. What are we learning? We're not out of this, by the way. We're so far out of this. Alright, here's two things that I've been thinking about. I'm not sure I have the answers. It was pretty well assumed, right? I would say about well, this time last year. That uh, the shelf space at the hot premise is like pretty stocked. So if you're gonna start a brewery these days, start with the tap room. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So those businesses that started yeah. tap room only, yeah. oh, they got hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I know I know a handful of them. Yep. Reasonably well, and uh, they didn't get what we got, which is all that can't be yourselves. It went so well for us during that ten week coronavirus situation. <laughs> well, hold on, Josh. We're recording right there, buddy. Right there. So, so they missed some of those sales, right? Come on up here. You're good. Uh, good. Again, no, you're good. You're going to sit, stand right here, right there. We're good. We're good. No, no, you. No. Josh, Charlie, Charlie, Josh. Josh is a Guanella Pass guy. Up there, yeah. So uh, he's a beer business guy himself. He just got off work, so he to come down and join. Okay, so, okay, understood. Yeah, those people who kind of jumped into it. So I'm a little nervous for, like, businesses make it out of this, those taproom only breweries, right? And they had to go beer, don't get me wrong, but I'm sure they're a little community supporting them. But that's a low margin, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the, all the breweries were doing, you know, just distribution without a taproom. Well, that almost doesn't even exist anymore. Who does that? I was trying to think. I was thinking well, maybe 10 years ago, Odell opened their taproom. Yeah, so yeah, well, they're closed down now, though, too. Right? I mean, uh, next next stop, this is right yeah. But remember, you used to go to Odell, and they wouldn't even charge you for the taproom beers. It would just be tasters only, or New Belgium, and, you know, first one's free, and great to buy. And even, it was like three beer in their little tasting room, so they called it. And so that model tweaked and changed a bit. Uh, you know, those are, I feel like, more diverse businesses. Yeah. And then I've been reading about a handful of breweries like Malagash was in the industry news. Do you realize that they were something like 70, 65 or 70 percent on premise? I would not have assumed. No, that. I wouldn't have guessed that either. But they're they're a restaurant. They sell so much beer at restaurants that like this one hit them hard too, right? Because all their customers got shut down. I was going to say. Because we were just diverse in that. I mean, let's be totally frank here. You didn't, I'm not saying that anybody won in this, but if I'm a Denver Beer Co., or I'm an Epic, or I'm an Upslope, it's like, shit. We just happen to be set up really well just to kind of survive this. Yeah, interesting. And the other thing is, you know, it's, it's about something else that happened about a year and a half ago was the grocery stores in Colorado. We cannot minimize yeah. what impact that had on just yeah. coronavirus. Beer sales would have looked totally different, in my opinion, had it been only independent stores. But because beer is now available at grocery, honestly, it gave an advantage to the who are in at those, at those stores. So we sold a lot of volume through those stores. If you think about it, I mean, we probably all went out once a week too, and we all got kids. You go out, you get your groceries. I'm going to go to a place that has, you know, you're selling beer at Natural Grocer now, right? So I can get DBC beer at Natural Grocer. Not have to go to a liquor store too to get my beer. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it for sure. It, it did. This last ten week period, maybe in the next ten week period too. So I think I'm not going to project forward on any sort of consolidation or small business going out. I mean, but if I was a passionate home brewer who opened a small brewery in the last 
you know, two or three years. And I, was kept, I left a good paying job to do that. Now you got a big hole to climb out of. And I don't know what will happen. That's why that the the, the press people, conference today was so good. I, mean, I hope people stick through it. I hope that, you know, the beer culture in Colorado is strong because all those people have done that. But there may be ways for them to continue. They may need help. So, maybe I should I offer help on this podcast. If you want. If someone was a passionate member who found himself starting a commercial brewery, has a cool brand, and wants, like, you know, to talk about how we can help as Denver Beer Co., I would be open to that conversation in a heartbeat. Alright. In any form or fashion. Whether that means we can just, you know, some flat help, negotiate raw materials, whether it's, you know, make an investment. We'll play this out as it goes. What? Let's keep playing this out then, right? Again, we are just starting this. This is not. I don't want people to think that, oh shit, we're out, we're drinking beer in public. I know. There's nobody. Charlie, there's. Everybody that can be here is here. Yeah, I know. This isn't going to make DBC money. Like, this is. No, you You need to pull. You know, the hard part is it takes a lot more staff to do this than it took for us to do what we did before. So, we're trying to get everybody's expectations set. Be a little of the, you know, the new model and, and make it more efficient. Listen, we're only six or seven months in. It's gonna get better. What's for the for the contract brewers of the world? I've been trying to get this answer from a lot of people. I think I've asked it the wrong way, but I think I'd ask you. How does a sleeping giant handle this this moment? You know, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing for us for a place like that? Uh, well, you know, we have a big, you know, production group. Right, right, right. We only make our own beer. Right. How about again? Someone just needed capacity to get into cans, to get into the channels where you needed it. That's another way we can support another small brewery. But um, you know, Sleeping Giants a great option because they're set up as a contractor. They do a lot of their business with out of state. They sell most a lot of beer out of state, which is neither here nor there. Um, but they're set up pretty well. Let's be honest. Is mobile canning going to become a bigger thing again? I mean, it was a. My hesitation has always been with mobile canning, but the quality is much yeah. better. Yeah. And now the mobile canner guys want to know. No, it's like getting your fucking base or your uh, your attic filled with insulation, right? Like the guys that came and did my house the other day. It's like, eh, I'd probably do a better job, but it wouldn't be as fast. You know, <laughs> you know how hard it is to package beer correctly. I mean, yeah. you put a machine on the truck and grab it right off the truck, <laughs> and, and you can get some tests done, and they show decent numbers at the end. And I did not sell so much from those guys, and I totally get it. I think that. Small brewers should do that. However, you know, they need to be given short shelf lives because there's a major difference between that kind of equipment, whether it's on a truck or not on a truck, and what is available to be like bolted in. You know, give yourself super low DOs, the quality of the beer flows makes it makes a shelf life, right? Yeah. So just be aware of it, and if you do, short shelf lives. And if people are buying it, drinking it, that's as it should be. Well, what happens now? I don't know. I think I think this summer we're going to be fine. I think this summer we're going to have people in here. Kind of know about how many people can fit, so about how many dollars we can sell. On our side, I think that's fine. It's an We'll get there. It's not what we wanted. It's not what we, you know, hoped for. We're gonna expand to a little additional outdoor space. We've got some Denver and Arvada both kind of gracious enough to give us a little more outdoor patio space. Um, and then this fall, and I don't know what happens then. Because if it resurges and we are now shut down again, uh, that's like just pain on top of pain. I think it probably will. I think it probably will. Yeah. Or if it's just cold and snowy and we don't have outdoor space. Now we're chopped. We're chopped in the third again. So it might not be worth it at that point. 
Everything we're going through, restaurants. I was going to say, I want to ask you that next. Yeah, like, you've got a good, you know, understanding of the pulse of the restaurant industry. This is a city known for its food. What are you talking, I mean, what are you hearing from friends and everything? Is it? Well, I think, I think our legislators understand. That's one thing. We have a great team at the Colorado Brewers Guild who's in the ear of the Colorado legislators. And let's be honest, what's happening in Colorado is happening in the whole country. Just the kids. So there's likely a whole group this fall because that PPP and the Federal Cares Act kind of saved a lot of our bacon. Yeah, just straight up saved our bacon. And then only just yesterday extended some of the terms on it. So Saw that, yeah. It's really like, it's been a real life, a real life. So as far as the bickering and everything and how long it took to happen, Whatever, it happens. Yeah. We were right in an extra week or two, and it hurt us. I think they'll have to do it again. This fall. And if they do, we'll probably maybe find it again. It'll be an incredible day. I just don't think, I mean, we live so much in the moment. People get excited about going out and all of that stuff. And I, I get that, but I mean, there's no vaccine. There's no vaccine. Our country has other inherent problems. Oh, yeah. Just inherent problems. And I just think, like, you know, the 2020 dumpster fire, right? This is the worst year ever. It's a we great should, podcast. We probably shouldn't pin the, like, racial injustice on the year 2020. Because what's happening is probably, other than George Floyd being the fucking murderer, Outside of that, I think what's happening is a good thing. That is a good thing. So maybe people should like... The amount of people who were anti-Colin Kaepernick, who are now pro-George Floyd and the protesters, is insane to me. No, but they're like, okay, I get it now. Like, it's like, oh, okay. No, but it literally is. But there are people, but it gives me hope, I think, for the future, like... My father being an example, right? Oh, uh, you shouldn't kneel for the flag. What happened three years ago? Now he's like, these cops are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> okay, holy shit. Like, that's all he was saying. Donald Trump's a terrible person, but I guess he is that fire under a lot of liberals' asses. To, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, does an election in November solve anything? I don't know. Not over Oh my god, I love this podcast. This is great, Josh. Are you enjoying this? My god. So, okay, here's a highlight. I, I, I'm going to change it briefly. Yeah, please. We're, having a happy hour. we're fine, yes. And I, one of the highlights for me over the uh, coronavirus like quarantine and everything yeah. is we did some super fun uh, virtual happy hours. Okay, yes. You had some great Friday afternoons. Yeah, and so we had. Uh, we had the opportunity, myself, Patrick Crawford, and Jason Wheeler, our head brewer. And what we tried to do is sell some beer, right? Yeah. And uh, we sold, you know, uh, a mixed pack, right? Of a couple different beers. And then we would invite somebody to come and drink it on Zoom with us and people to watch. So we are just trying to sell beer. But we had some super fun happy hour conversations, which that's the trend. That's my segment right here. This is a fun conversation. I will miss that, I think, of all things. It's like... Yeah. You can call people from across the country and they're like, yeah, I'll have a beer. Like, yeah. getting a New York Times beer writer on, right? Like, Josh Beardstein's like, yeah, sure, let's have a beer. Like, I'm staying home with my kids. Let's do it. Uh, we did uh, Kevin Heffernan. Okay, he's yeah. A friend. He's a friend. He's the uh, uh, Tacoma FD or okay. uh, Rod Farba from Super Troopers. Are you serious? Yeah, he's a super fun guy. Oh so I've known him for a few years. Okay. And, uh, we had John Hickenlooper. Yeah. He did one with us. Kyle Freeland and Ryan Spielberg's. Rockies fans. Yeah. So we had a chance to sit down and talk to local artists. Austin Fowler. Okay. Okay. Who, uh, who's done, you'll see him in the news. He'll be big pretty soon. He's getting his legs under him. Okay. Who else did we have? Ryan Cirillo from Protect Our Winters. Oh, nice. Anyway, it was just like, it was really healthy, right? I think there were a lot of ways for people to be. Well, I mean, shit. Seven happy hours and beers. Not to toot any horns, but we made $7,000 for the Sip Beer Fest for, you know, Colorado Brewery. So, I mean, but people were like, yeah, this is wonderful. It's 
And I think, like, we're not going to be having beer festivals anytime soon. Are you planning on continuing that virtual beer fe- beer uh, yeah, happy yeah. hour? Yep. Yeah, yeah. online stuff going okay. well, basically through the summer. Because we got sick of putting it together on Monday for Friday yeah. every week. So we kind of scheduled it yeah. out. Like, yeah. A bunch of pairing events we did. It was fun. Last week we did oysters and beer. So we Ooh. everybody picked up a uh, dozen oysters from... Couple different varieties. Yeah. We yeah. them with a couple different beers, and then everyone shucked them at home. That's funny. A lot of shucking jokes. On that. <laughs> there how you go. How many? 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 I want to wrap up and, and have one more beer with you before after we get off here. But um, you know, knowing that you and Shawnee and, and, and are talking often, uh, uh, you know that's the you know, Shawnee Allison, the executive director of the Brewers Guild, uh, who's been fortunate enough to be a, a great friend of the show. What I guess do you think needs to happen moving forward to keep the openings that have allowed you know craft beer to stay around? right now to exist into perpetuity so like crowler sales right and beer delivery like we don't want this to go away as beer drinkers so what are you thinking i guess strategically politically as you move forward Um, my head is off to shani and to the guild she's basically just by herself tristan's gone the board has actually no no but the board yeah no no no, the board yeah no for sure those guys they're in gals are fantastic Yeah, Dave's been great. They're kind of leading the charge, and uh, I respect that so much. They've put hours and hours and hours into making this whole industry a really healthy one after this all goes on. I also want to be respectful to our partners, which are the Argonauts and the Applejacks who do delivery, right? And so, yes, um, they're better at it. I respect that those guys have significantly more variety. It's hard for us to justify, honestly, selling three six packs to drive them four or five miles away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, big city and the traffic's like, during coronavirus wasn't that bad, but now it's bad again. Yeah. I think there's a healthy balance of what we got in order to just get through this, which really was just to get through this, some of it. Not all, but delivery to retail. I don't know if it has to be, you know, for everything. For my business, I'm not banking. What about like a, a, a business that's just tap room only, that's just a, a, doing crowler sales? Like, yeah. are they going to want to? They're obviously going to want to push for that kind of thing, right? Yep. And if they do, I will support. Them. Okay. But I will also say that there are fantastic liquor stores out there who are better at that than they'll ever be. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Molly's is doing pretty well right now. Yeah, and that's stores. the thing. Like, you know, you can put you can put in your basket, online basket, a great variety from stores like that. Whereas with us, you know, we've got seven to twelve different packaged beers at a time. But you know, people people don't drink like that. Craft beer drinkers are promiscuous beer drinkers. We don't yeah. try much of that. As much as I wish they would only buy our beer, <laughs> I, I don't buy it. Are you seeing enough collaboration amongst craft breweries, in your opinion? Um, well, Amidst the standard this? for that, in my humble opinion, again, just to get an opinion now, I know. Beers, the standard for enough collaboration, standard, that's a really high standard. What does collaboration mean? We make a joint marketing effort to go like sing our praises of these two independent companies. And um, I applaud that. And we do collaborations all the time. But I think but one thing I've learned out of this is you gotta somewhere here along the way to get through a lot of this, battening down the hatches and focusing on yourself and your efficiencies and your own team. It is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be like, you know, you know, stand on your own belief like that. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. You are not I I might be a liberal, but I'm not a you know yeah. not a socialist. Yeah, that makes sense. This, your community is built upon <laughs> collaboration, right? Yeah. And so 
But you have to be competitive, right? Yeah, like that's I'm the thing. To, like, we've collaborated probably more during quarantine than ever before, but just not with other craft groups. We've done the Blue Island Oyster Bar, a bunch of little cookie companies, chocolatiers. We've done, you know, a charcuterie. So those are the things that I think really add a lot of value. We bring new customers to the craft beer mix. Well, buddy, knowing that you're a dad and I'm a dad and this guy's a dad, we'll close up shop here. Cheers to our empty beers. Absolutely. Charlie, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it. It's so nice to be out <laughs> out of the house but not in an inflatable pool in the backyard. So it's... I always feel like I'm hanging out with you out of the house because I listen to your podcast while I'm jogging. Are you serious? Yeah, so I'm jogging. It's great. But on 1.5 speed. <laughs> I do. That's how I listen to podcasts, too. You know what your brain does? It normalizes that. Right? It normalizes yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. So like, I'm listening to you talk. It's just like the same. I need to do that more often. He's bored right now. Yeah, he's like, yeah, hey, it's all That's what I sound like at 1.5 speed. Oh, you're about to figure it out. Yeah, aren't you? All right, Charlie, thank you so much. Josh Ayers, thanks for coming over here and being a creeper behind our shoulder. I appreciate it. All right, get over to uh, to, to Denver Beer Co. on Plast Street and also in, in Arvada. Uh, and then, oh yeah, shit. Hold on. I forgot to ask. What happens now to Downing Street? Oh, it's happening. Okay, so everything's good. Um, we have permits in the city. So. Everything's call good. your city officials and tell them. So you, you're like nothing stalled because you're still waiting uh, on permits anyway. Yeah, the city's probably slower than they were otherwise and they were always slow, so it's always going to be slow. But it's going to be perfect for social distancing. God, I cannot wait it's for that place. big outdoor thing. Do you, you live over there? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, yeah, we're going to meet there. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. We need the permits. Get the permits, City of Denver. Charlie, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. All right, cheers. When they come to tea